Welcome to week number five in our series called Four Cups. This is actually the finale, the conclusion uh, of the series that we've been in uh, based on the book by Pastor Craig Hodges. Uh, And so uh, this has been a great, great study. Chris Hodges, I'm sorry, I went to college with Craig Hodges. It's Chris Hodges who wrote Four uh, Cups. And this has been an incredible study as we're really rediscovering for many of us these promises, particularly four core promises that God made in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus and actually restated over and over and over and over again all throughout Scripture. He just repeated these different phrases, different wordings, uh, but but they're so critical. And so we've been looking at these, calling them God's core four. and, And really the whole idea is it's not enough just to know them. Many of us are, are, are really beginning to know them. We need to also understand them and then for them really to benefit us. This is the four things that God wants to do in every human being's life if we'll just let them. We also need to pursue these promises. And, and so these are all based on uh, initially God spoke these promises over 3,500 years ago uh, in what is the, the first Passover celebration of the Hebrew people in the Old Testament before God brought them out of slavery uh, from Egypt. And, and the Hebrew people referred to these as the four I wills of God. And they still recite them to this day in the Passover celebration. And with each one of these promises, they actually take a cup in the Passover and drink kind of as a toast to these promises. And, and so let's do these, uh, let's look at them again quick review in Exodus chapter 6, beginning in verses 6 and 7, and I have them highlighted for you, and those of you that have been with us, you've been tracking right along, if you're kind of catching up, all these videos are on our website, and you can pick right up uh, and and go back and and pick those up and and be right along with us. So it says in Exodus chapter 6, this is God's instruction to the Hebrew people, the Israelites, before he brought them out of the bondage of Egypt, said, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out. That's the first promise, the first I will. I will bring you out. I'll bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And then he says, I will free you. That's the second I will. And again, as they recited this, one toast, I will bring you out. Second one, I will free you. Second cup, I'll free you from being slaves to them, and then I will redeem you. That's what we looked at last week. That means to restore back to the original purpose for which God created each and every one of us, a unique purpose for you Different purpose for me. But God says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And we explained what those two things were last week. So those are three of the I wills. And then it goes on in verse 7. And it says, I will take you as my own people. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. What does it mean when God says, I will take you as my own people? And he says, I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And, and now let me just, just kind of review those cups, but with a different kind of perspective than we've looked at in weeks past. Uh, the first cup is the cup of sanctification. And, and really here at Valley Christian Church, the way that we see this is that's what our weekend gatherings are all about. The cup of sanctification is about salvation. In other words, and a lot of churches just miss this, we're not here for those who are here. The reason a church exists is for those who don't know Jesus Christ. That's the reason. In other words, leadership of a church has to settle the question. We're on this great ship. Is it a cruise ship where we entertain the passengers or is it a ship that's on a search and rescue mission? 
A church is supposed to be a ship on a search and rescue mission, not entertaining the passengers that are already on the ship. Church is not a cruise ship. It's about, as Jesus said, going into all the world and making disciples. And so Sunday mornings, and just connecting the dots if you haven't realized, that's what Sunday mornings are all about. The cup of sanctification, weekly gatherings. And then after that comes the cup of deliverance, the cup of freedom. Where does that happen in Valley Christian Church? It happens in our community groups. This is where people grow better in circles than they do in rows. Let me just say that again. People grow better, grow quicker spiritually in circles than they do in rows. When we begin to open up our lives and begin to share our struggles, we begin to share really even our sins, we looked at this during this, this uh, series, didn't we? When it says the cup of sanctification, it, it says uh, if we confess our sins, in 1 John, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But then in James it says, confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. So if we want forgiveness, we confess our sins to God. If we want healing, we confess our sins to one another. So many Christians never experience freedom in their life because they're unwilling to confess their sins to another brother or sister in Christ in a small group setting. And so we walk around with wounds. We, we never drink from this second cup. And here at Valley Christian Church, that's our small groups. That happens in our community groups. And, and then what about the cup of redemption? That's growth track, and we began to introduce that a little bit last week. You're gonna hear a little bit more about that in just a minute as we're launching growth track here that's gonna, once we start it in June, it's gonna go every single week. Every single week, these, how we can practically drink from these four cups, applying it to our lives. And we're encouraging all the folks in the Valley Christian Church family to go through growth track. And as I said, you're gonna be hearing a little bit more about the details of how we're launching that uh, in June coming up. And, and that's really where we, we really begin to pick up a whole lot of speed and we discover the unique spiritual gifts that God has given to each and every one of us to fulfill the plan and purpose, that unique plan and purpose he's created each and every one of us for. That's growth track. And then the fourth cup that we're gonna talk about tonight is the cup of praise. That's the dream team. That, that's, that's when we find our place, who we're serving alongside of, who's counting on us and who are we counting on to make a difference in our world. That's what we call our dream team. We, we, we literally have hundreds of people in the Valley family that are on our dream team right now. And we'll be sharing in growth track how that can become a part of your life as well. That's where ultimate fulfillment is actually found. And, and so real practically, this is where these four cups come into play at Valley Christian Church. And you know what? The fact about the matter is we don't do much else besides that. We, we just feel like these things are so important that if we do these four things effectively, we will fulfill God's plan for our church family. And we've seen tremendous fruit over the years. Do you know Valley Christian Church has doubled in the last three years? Doubled in size in three years' time. Over 1,000 people now say, actually it's closer to 1,200, say Valley Christian Church is my home church. Just absolutely remarkable. In three years' time, we just found... If we just do what God promised, I want to do this anyway in every person's life, it just makes it so much easier. And, and so, cup of sanctification, weekly gatherings. Thursday night, Sunday mornings, those are our weekend gatherings. Poughkeepsie and in Hopewell. Cup of deliverance, that's our small groups, community groups. Six-month commitment at a time. Cup of re redemption, that's growth track, 
We're starting that in June, and that's going to go four hours, basically in four hours' time, over the course of one hour a week for four weeks, you've gone through and you've completed growth track, and you've discovered your spiritual gifts and how they can plug in to the kingdom of God. And then the cup of praise, the dream team, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Let me make this statement as, as we begin to move towards uh, looking at this final cup, this, this fourth cup. And, and I thought long and hard about this, how to say this and, and just put a, a nice sharp edge to it in the sense of just clarity. And, and, and let me just say this as clear as I know how. God always intended for you to live a life of fulfillment. God has always intended for you and for me, each and every one of us, to live a life of total fulfillment. Now that doesn't necessarily mean total peace all the time. It doesn't mean everything goes perfect and I'm just happy all the time. It doesn't mean that at all. But, but it means fulfillment. I love how Pastor Brian Houston Hillsong Church in, in Australia puts it. He talks about the unlived life. The unlived life. That there are many people, many Christians that live an unlived life. And, and, and God has so much more for you and I than just to live out our life unlived, unfulfilled, living below what it is that God has for us. For so many of us, we talked about this last week, God wants with his outstretched arm to pull us up so that we can see ourselves the way that God truly sees us. How can, you, how can you say that, Greg? I mean, how do you know? You don't know my life. And, 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 and uh, how can you be so sure that God always intended for me to live a life of fulfillment? Because Jesus said that was the whole reason why he came. The reason why he came. John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. My purpose is to give life in its fullness. The purpose that Jesus came for on this planet was not only to die for our sins and to purchase forgiveness for us, to die in our place. It was to give you and I life in fullness, the full life which God really created you and I for. And so I guess that begs the question, doesn't it? Why do so few people live a life that is really full the way that Jesus described it? Why is it that so many of us live below God's ultimate intention for our lives? Why do, we, why do we settle for less than fullness? It's like we talked about in weeks past. God says, I've got these core four promises that I want to fulfill in your life, Greg. And it's like he puts that offer on the table. And I'm like, meh, I'll just take one. Forget about the other three. I want to do this. No, I just, I want to leave a lot of blessings left in heaven when I get there that, that I never experienced in life on earth. Why do we do that? I think there's a few reasons why. There's three reasons really why. And, and really these four cups speak to them. That first cup after salvation and, and, and that first cup, the, the cup of sanctification, that's what God did for you and I and we had nothing to do with it. He, he took care, care of that first cup and he distinguished it from the other three. And it's all about Jesus and what Jesus Christ did in his perfect life and his sacrificial and his substitutionary death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, proving positively that God has forgiven us when we receive him as our savior. 
What about the other three cups? Why do we live this unfulfilled life? Well, I think for many of us, we let our past cripple us. For many of us, we let our past cripple us. That's why we need the cup of deliverance, the cup of freedom. Because we're set free in that first cup, the cup of sanctification, but many of us, we still think like slaves. We're set free from, from we're forgiven of sin, but we still think like we're slaves to sin. And so we let our past cripple us. In Psalm 38, verses four and six, it puts it this way. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought low. Watch this now. This describes many Christians. This describes many followers of Jesus Christ. This is not the way God wants it to be, but this describes many followers of Jesus Christ that have taken of the first cup, they're forgiven of their sins, they're saved, but they're still walking around overwhelmed, burden of guilt, heavy to bear, bowed down, and brought very, very low. Never drinking of that second cup, the cup of freedom, the cup of deliverance. We let our past cripple us. I think another reason why so few people live in the fullness, the fulfilling life that Jesus came to give you and I is we let our culture define us. We, we let our culture define us. We let our culture tell us who we are and what we're supposed to be and, and how we're supposed to act and what our values are supposed to be. We let our culture define us. That's why we need to drink from the cup of redemption the third cup, the cup of redemption that restores us, that, that puts us back to the original intention that God had when he created you and he created me, that unique purpose. He, he had a plan, he said, I'm gonna create Greg to fulfill that plan. I, I'm gonna, I, I've got this plan, I've got this purpose that I wanna fulfill. And so I'm gonna create Chris to fulfill that purpose. God didn't come up with a purpose for your life after you were born or after you were conceived. He had a purpose, he had a plan, and that's when you were conceived. That's when you were born. That's why this cup of redemption and restoration is so important, because if we don't drink from this cup, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we'll allow our culture to define us and to tell us who we are and to give us our identity instead of God. Galatians chapter one, verse 10 says, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please man, please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Wow. The Apostle Paul wrote this and goes, listen, if I was allowing culture to define who I was, I would not be a servant of Jesus Christ. Can't have it both ways. In essence, for the sake of our study, what was the Apostle Paul saying here? I have drunk of the third cup, the cup of redemption, the cup of restoration. I know who I am because of who God says I am. I know the value that I have, not because of my past, not because of my culture, but because of who God says I am. That's why I'm not trying to win the approval of, of man. I have the approval of God. I'm not trying to please men. If I, were, I'd still, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, 
here where it says, if I were still trying. See, that's how we are. If we don't drink from that third cup, we're still trying to please men. If we don't allow God to restore us and to redeem us. We let our past cripple us. That's the second cup. We need that. We let our culture define us. That's the third cup. For some of us, and this brings us to the fourth cup tonight, we try to do it all alone. The reason why some of us have not experienced and we don't experience the full life that God created you and I for is we're still trying to do it all alone. There are no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. Doesn't work that way. He's made us interdependent upon one another. We need one another. I need you. You need me. We need each other. I love how the scripture says it this way. Together, we have the mind of Christ. Not the pastor. Not the church board doesn't have the mind of Christ. Surely not. It's a joke. You could have laughed at that. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> together we do. We need each other. We're interdependent. Not codependent. We're interdependent upon one another. But for many of us, we're trying to do it on our own. That's why we're not living the fulfilled life that God created you and I for. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse eight. That this is a description of a lone ranger. Listen to this. There was a man all alone. This is how it worked out for him. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. What does it, Jesus put it this way. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul. We, we weren't meant to, it's not he who dies with the most toys wins. He who dies with the most toys is dead. Never seen a Hertz carrying a U-Haul behind it. Can't take it with you. And that's what it's saying here. There was a man, he was alone, he had no brother, he had no son, he had no one to share life with. He was going it alone. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. Three reasons why so many of us live below the full life that God has for us. We let our past cripple us. That's what the second cup is there to deliver us and bring us freedom from our past. We let our culture define us. That's what the uh, third cup is, the cup of redemption, restoration, or we try to do it alone. That's the fourth cup. That's the cup of praise. The cup of praise. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. And this may seem a little funny at first. The cup of praise. What is the, what is the cup of praise all about? That's what this fourth cup is. So, so let's look at it again in Exodus chapter 6, verse 7. What God says about the cup of praise. Here it is. I will take you as my own. Now th- well, look at this now. I will take you as my own people. Notice that's plural. He doesn't say, I'm going to take you as my own person. The fourth cup is all about being connected to, watch this now, God's people. No longer an individual. Ultimate fulfillment in life comes when you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Let me say that again. Ultimate fulfillment in life comes when you are a part of something bigger than yourself. And God says, I'm going to make you part 
of something bigger than yourself. That's what this fourth cup is all about. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. It's interesting, this word uh, for the cup of, of praise uh, in Hebrew is the Hebrew word halal, halal. In fact, it's where you may have heard the, the word that's used in the Bible before, hallelujah. The luya is, is actually God, so it's praise to God. Hallelujah, halal, the cup of praise. And that's what they refer to, this fourth cup, is the cup of halal. And, and, and doesn't it make sense? I mean, at this point in the Passover, this is their fourth cup of wine, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, they're like, halal, yeah. That's why it's called the cup of praise. Four cups of wine will do that to you. But, um, so anyway, uh, but, but that halal, it's where we get our word hallelujah from. And, and again, I don't, I don't use that word a whole lot because most people, most people don't even know what that means. You know, uh, I remember when I was in Bible college, there was a guy who used to always say hallelujah at the inappropriate times. It was the most <laughs> awkward thing. We'd be in class and the teacher would like come to the beginning of class. He says, uh, I'd just like to ask the class to pray. There was a car accident. It appears like there's been some fatalities. And this, this, this guy I went to school with, he'd go, hallelujah. You'd be like, what's wrong with you, man? That's sick, you know? Uh, I think we need to understand what we're saying, and it works even better when other people understand what it is we're saying, but this is the cup, cup of praise, halal. I need to get back on track here. It's the cup of praise. So here's the big question. How can I drink from the fourth cup and live the fulfilled life that Jesus promised? The, the cup of halal. It, it, it means, in the Hebrew word halal, it literally means, I love this, to live large. Live large. God wants you and I to live large. That's what it means to live fulfilled. Live large. How can we drink from this fourth cup? The cup of praise. Let me put it this way. Ultimate fulfillment comes when you're part of a family that's making a difference because God is on your side. That's how you live large. Ultimate fulfillment comes when you're a part of a family that's making a difference because God is on your side. So there's three things about this cup of praise that I think is important. If we're gonna drink from this fourth cup, and how cool is it that this fourth cup is part of the Lord's Supper. This is the cup that Jesus took when he said, this is my blood that is shed for you, the blood of my new covenant. I'm gonna take you as my people. I'm gonna put you in a family, the family of God. And God's gonna be on your side. And you're gonna be part of a family that's making a difference in the world. And so, Three things about this cup of praise is so important for us to know. First one is this. It begins with a calling. It begins with a calling. We've got to understand that, that we're called. Now, now, here's the thing. Sometimes we throw that around, and again, it just confuses things, I think, and I want to try to kind of sort it out a little bit. Well, we always think about, like, the pastor's called. And pastor said, I, I was called to preach when I was a sophomore in high school. Well, that's true, I was. But, uh, but that, that's really not very biblical in a sense. I'll show you why. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 puts it this way. God saved who? Us. 
and then called who? Us. You can't be a Christian unless you've been called. God's the one who calls every one of us. Every one of us has been called. Look in your Bible, pull out a a glossary or a, a Bible search sometime, and look up the word clergy. And then look up the word laity. It's not in there, folks. It's not in there. This idea of professional religious people and non-professional unreligious people. That's something that started about 300, 400 years after the close of the Bible. That idea of clergy laity. We're going to pay professionals to be the religious people, the clerics in our culture. It's not in there. God saved us and then called us to this holy work. Here's the thing. Anything you do is holy work. Anything that I do is holy work for the glory of God. You're called. I'm called. We are called. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea, a gift prepared for us in Jesus long before we knew anything about it. And so the first thing we need to understand about this fourth cup is it's about a calling. And if you've drunk of the first cup, the cup of sanctification, of salvation, receive Christ as your Savior. You're called. You're called. And what is this call? Here's this call. And see if this just kind of fits. People that are called by Jesus, what this is talking about, something deep down inside that says, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. Real simple. I, I want to make a difference. I, I don't want to just... Take up space. I I, I don't want to just have a little corner somewhere and it just be me. I want to make a difference in this world. It's so important that we understand how valuable we are in the eyes of God and that he's called us. Here's the reason why. People lose their way when people lose their why. People lose their way when people lose their why. When we lose sight of the why, how valuable you and I are to God, that he bankrupted heaven to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place, and that you and I have inestimable value because we are made in the image of God himself. Now we know the why, and that'll keep you from losing your way. People lose their way when they lose sight of the why. I want to make a difference. The first thing is, it's about a call. It begins with a call. The second thing is, it stands on a cause. This fourth cup, it stands on a cause. Look what Acts chapter 20, verse 24 says. But my life is worth nothing to me. I love this. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. I don't know about you, I can relate to that. It it doesn't matter if it's, can I put it this way, wearing my pastor hat here at Valley Christian Church, or if it's my baseball cap and my whistle as a high school football coach, My life is worth nothing unless it's used for finishing the work assigned by me. 
assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. That's the way it is for each and every one of us. That's, that's what God wants us to understand. He wants to influence those around us right where we are, no matter what our job, our occupation, our hobbies are, because he's got work for us to finish. Each and every one of us. We're called, and there's a cause. And he's assigned certain things for you to do and, and accomplish in your life in building his kingdom and for me to, to accomplish in my life as well. What is this all about? It's about doing something that makes a difference. And not just I want to make a difference, I want to do something that really makes a difference in the world. In other words, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm dead and gone, I made a difference. My life made a difference in other people's lives. My life counted for Jesus Christ and impacted and influenced others. Next weekend, we're starting a brand new series I am so excited about, and we're, it's called Change Your World. Change Your World. And we're going to look at, for four weeks, how God wants to, right in our workplace, no matter what our occupation is, on the job, at school, on the athletic field, sports team, whatever, how God wants to work through our lives to influence other people for the cause of Jesus Christ. We've got a call. We also have a cause, and that's spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, to others. Here's the third thing about this cup that's so important. It spreads from me to we. This fourth cup is all about we, not me. That's why God says, I'm going to make you my people. It's not an individual. And man, I just have that so much in my mind, having been involved with sports for so many years, decades of my life. You know, we always say this in sports, like, there's no I in team. You know what? Following Jesus Christ, it's a team sport. This fourth cup is all about a team. It spreads from me to we. It spreads from me to we. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. See, it's so important, I think, that every Christian can answer the question, where has God placed you in his body? Where has God placed you? Where are you committed? What, what group of people have you committed? I'm going to walk out my relationship with Christ together with you. Who's counting on you? Who's on your right? Who's on your left? And say, we're in this together. That's what this fourth cup is all about. It's about serving others. Serving others. And showing how much we love God as a result of that. So I want to make a difference. Doing something that makes a difference spreads from uh, me to we with people who want to make a difference. With people who want to make a difference. Man, what an uh, incredible night we had last Sunday night. We had baptism celebration. Baptized 39 people last Sunday night. Just, it was, the place was electric. We, we had 340 or something people here on a Sunday night. It was just electric. And, and you know what? That's why we do what we do. 
That's why it's so thrilling that since January, 35 people for the first time through Valley Christian Church have taken of that first cup. I am receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. There's nothing like, that's why we do Watching, we're just, we're just doing what God wants us to do and we watch as he transforms people's lives. Not just individual lives, but the way we see it over and over, whole family trees radically trained, changed for generations. That's what God's after. He says, I will take you as my people. This is the cup of my new covenant. Do this in remembrance of me. I want to make a difference. I want to do something that makes a difference. And then finally, with people who want to make a difference. So let me ask you this question Who are your teammates? Who are you taking the field of life with? Who's counting on you and who are you counting on? Have you ever taken this fourth cup? This cup of fulfillment, the cup of praise. Do you know what happened? I, we had a staff meeting on just this afternoon. We were talking about Sunday night. And you know what just occurred to me as, as much as I, the baptism and all this, you know what I love the most? watching as the people came up out of the water. Someone handed them a towel. Someone else helped them out of the water. Someone else directed them where to dry off. Someone else served them pizza. Someone else patted them on the back. We all won Sunday night because it's a team it's a family that's worth saying hallelujah about <laughs> that's the cup of prayer we won I, I think that's what the that's, that's what the palpable electricity was in the air it was the presence of God and it was the presence of God saying that's my team that's my team we all win together so important, these four cups. And so the way I'd like to close this message right now and, and really close this series, I, I want to close with a, with a blessing in a way, a prayer that, that is actually spoken in the Passover meal oftentimes after the four cups have been taken. And, and I asked them to put this together so we could just put this up on the screen here. And I want to read this and then I just want to bless you all with this. But because in June, again, we're, we're starting this growth track because we're not, we don't want to just talk about these four cups. We want everyone in the Valley family now and even in the future to come to experience these four cups. Not to live life below what God has for us, but to experience the total fulfillment, the fulfilling life that Jesus came to bring you and I. So look at this blessing. May the God who parted the Red Sea for the Israelites as they fled Egypt, part any obstacle in your life that would hinder your freedom. May you taste the exhilaration of not only your salvation, but also your deliverance from besetting sin. And it goes on and says, may you drink in the pursuit of your deepest dreams as your Father redeems your life 
and reveals your purpose. And may you savor the overwhelming fulfillment of belonging to his family forever and ever. Amen. So I'm going to ask right now, would you just bow your heads? And I just want to bless you with this blessing right now. May the God who parted the Red Sea for the Israelites as they fled Egypt part any obstacle in your life that would hinder your freedom. May you taste the exhilaration of not only your salvation, but also your deliverance from besetting sin. May you drink in the pursuit of your deepest dreams as your Father redeems your life and reveals your purpose. And may you savor the overwhelming fulfillment of belonging to his family forever and ever. Amen.